This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Uh, I'm a southerner. You know, this is part of being in the south, I guess, walking in two miles each way to this program, which uh, normally sort of gets me up, gets me pumped. I see things that are blooming. I hear things. I notice things, oddball things. But right now, I feel like, uh, Job, I feel like some cotton candy that's laying on the fairway at the state fair. Kind of yeah. kind of melted a little bit. You were fanning in the chair uh, here in the studio. <laughs> I say you look like some old lady on our porch. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I am. I'm sitting on this, this garden porch fanning myself. But anyway, folks, if you've got some things you'd like to talk about that's related to gardening, anything at all, and that includes lawns and insects and bugs and blights and weeds and all that kind of stuff, flowers, vegetables, herbs, uh, you, you name it, uh, growing things in pots. I've been growing stuff in pots for... Who, fifty something years, I guess. Long, long time. I got my first potted plant when I was ten years old in the fifth grade. So, that's how long I've been doing it. And uh, some of it's lived, some of it hasn't. Some of it, I wish it would just go in and die because it's embarrassing. Uh, and I'm not going to do anything to, to to bring it back. So, uh, I did uh, root some stuff yesterday. Um, I've got some neighbors who grow. On, I, I walk around the neighborhood a lot. And I see stuff. And there's a lot of heirloom plants here and there. And I've been watching this one particular chrysanthemum. You know, here it is, August. We're th- I'm talking about stuff that's going to bloom in late October, November. But there's a type of chrysanthemum that is perfectly hardy from, from South Florida to Canada. And I see it everywhere, everywhere. Not It's not common, but I see it everywhere. And the reason it's not common, hard to find for sale. But it's one of those pass-along plants. When it blooms, I can spot people who've been sharing plants from a quarter mile away because it is a stunning plant. It's sprawling. It's not a compact little bushy thing. Uh, it kind of sprawls unless you pinch it. If you cut it back right now, it has time to bush out. Less sprawly and a lot more flowers in late October, November. Uh, and the most common one is called Clara Curtis. Some people call her country girls. Big pink, soft pink, pale, pale, lavender pink flowers. And uh, like I say, I see it in country gardens, small towns, everywhere. Not for sale. Anyway, there's uh, this. This is a hybrid developed between a Korea, a cold-hearted Korean uh, thing, back in the 1930s in Wales over in, in uh, United Kingdom, in a little town called Lendudno. Anyway, the guy who introduced them introduced a whole bunch of them, and I've been finding them, rescuing them. Not just that pink one, but yellow ones, russet red ones, uh, white ones, yellow ones, uh, deep red, little button ones, and uh, they're hardy. They don't need any care at all. They're growing. They bloom in the sun. They bloom in the shade. And uh, I've been trying to rescue these and get them into production. Anyway, I saw one last year, and it was in blooms. I took a picture of it, and I went back yesterday and took some cuttings, and I'm rooting them right now. should have roots in about a week. I should pot them up in a couple of weeks, and I should have enough to start sharing with some commercial growers soon. But anyway, I'm going to talk about another old pass-along plant in a little while, but this is a call-in program, and there's some things you want to talk about. It's your party, too. Come on, bring it on, one eight seven seven mpb ring Now, we're going to start out with Johnny, who's calling on the road. What's up, Johnny? Where are you from, man? Uh, Kyle Jesko, how are you doing this morning? Doing fine, doing fine. What's up? Okay, I was coming uh, on a Japanese persimmon. Uh, can the cuttings be rooted, or do you have to go buy a plant and start, you know, from 
a plant center? It's a good question. They graft, uh, and they would probably root. I, I don't know, you know, because it's so easy to graft that, um, you know, that's the way it's done commercially. Um, I, I'm sure they would root. I don't know the best time of year. I'd have to do a little – I mean, I, I, I taught plant propagation in Mississippi State, and, and I, I don't know it all, but I got a book that has it all. So uh, um, I would suspect, though, they root best in, like, December, January, February, that time of year. I'm just not sure. I, I'm not sure. But I, oh. I do know this. If you root a cutting, it's off a mature stem. It can flower and start having fruit like the next year or two. If you buy one uh, that's already growing, you know, you're going to get two or three years of, of head start on growth. And sometimes the two or three years is worth the 10 or 15 bucks. Okay. I was just curious because a, a neighbor of mine's got a tree and I love them. I said, I wonder if you can cut a, you know, cut it and you'll get a rooting. I mean, get a, cut it and get it to root, and it would work. I said, I want you to call the store and see if it'll work. Well, let me ask you this: Is it got branches long enough to reach the ground if you bent one down? Oh man, his branches to reach the ground. He's got. A well, metal clad around it to stop the well, here's, here, here's something you can do. It's called it's called layering. If you can get him to, to to bend a branch down, where this year's growth, the stuff that started this past spring, goes into some dirt and then comes back out. Put a rock or something on it, and just sort of scratch the bark a little bit and have it where some of this year's growth goes in and back out with a rock to hold it in place. It can root while it's still attached to the plant. Okay. So, anyway, it's one of my, it's one of my, my great grandmother had one of these Japanese persimmons. It's called Fuyu or Fuyugaki, and they're sort of round and they're not astringent. You could eat them right off the tree, and they're self fertile, which is important. Okay. Cool plant. Okay, well, thank you. You have a good uh, weekend. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Japanese persimmons. Our, our native persimmons are separate male and female. Japanese persimmons are, you know, have fruit, but some need cross-pollination. The one called fuyu or fuyugaki does not. Uh, now let's slide down to Jackson, talk with Rebecca. Good morning, lady. How are you? Well, how are you? I'm doing great on this beautiful morning. Uh, my, my shirt's a little sticky, but that's too much information there from walking. What's, what's uh-huh. up? What can I help you with? Okay. Um, well, I was curious to know, uh, could you define what a horticulturist does? Uh, well, yes. Horticulturists, um, you know, agriculture is broken up into different groups. There's you know, row crop agriculture, there's livestock agriculture, there's uh, pasture, there's forestry. You know, those uh, 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 aquaculture people grow, you know, anytime you're producing food or fiber, that's the type of agriculture. Forestry is one. Horticulture is defined as the science of, of producing fruits, vegetables, and ornamental crops, lawn care, oh, okay. stuff like uh-huh. that. So horticulture is starts out from the word courtyard culture, horti or courtyard culture. So basically talking about fruits and vegetables and laws and ornamentals. And horticulturists are trained in the science of doing that efficiently for commercial. So a horticulturist is an overeducated gardener. Oh, I got. It. So you're like a garden snob. <laughs> well, I'm no, not, a garden I don't, you know, you know I, I can, be, I can, I can be snobbish. You know, I can get my, I can get my snack up in there real, real quick. But <laughs> no, it's just uh, a matter of fact. Since I retired, I'm a retired university horticulturist. It's taken me years 
to try to unlearn some of the horticulture so I can relax and just do good. Horticulture say you're supposed to prune a rose above an outward-facing five-leaflet leaf, and there's reasons for that. Gardeners know you can prune them with cherry bombs, and they'll still bloom. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I have also would like to comment on how um, knowledgeable you are about, um, you know, fruit growing, uh, rose growing, flower growing. I love your uh, show. I appreciate it. We live in a community that happens to be a food desert. Yep. And unfortunately, um, we do have a program called the Community Fellowship Program through the Mississippi Department of Health uh-huh. that I'm a community activist. I got here after Katrina from Bay St. Louis, where I basically lost everything. Mm. But I've, I've come here. I worked out at Buccaneer State Park out in the beautiful um, Waveland, Mississippi oh, for yeah. 12 years. Oh, yeah. And so I was outside a lot. Um, and um, now, um, you know, basically inside a lot um, because I'm a cancer patient. But I can still do things, you know, for other people. And I know that the community has certainly gotten you a new truck when you lost yours. And has done. you've done a lot. As far as your books go, you you know, uh, implementing um, your talk radio station yeah, and I mean, all that's, that. That's my job. I'm a teacher. That's, that's my job is that's to teach. It. But we had a graduation that promoted community gardens, and mm-hmm. we're a food desert here in Jackson, Mississippi. And so I guess what I'm saying is, is there any way that you could pass on your knowledge to the people uh, in, the, in our community now that could possibly go to the schools or go to the churches or however, you know, we could, we could, you know, find a way to where if this pandemic gets so bad that there are no grocery stores, I mean, I know this is extreme, but um, that people would know how to have a little garden to grow fruit or vegetables. Like I said, that's why I asked what a horticulturist does, because I wasn't sure whether you grew food. But, um, fruit, fruit, yeah. fruit, fruit producers, vegetable growers, herb growers, uh, uh, people who process uh, uh, food, garden center people, all, you know, that's anything that's involved the production and promotion of fruits, vegetables, and ornamental plants. That, that's what horticulture is. But anyway, to answer your question, I was actually for a long time a board member of the American Horticulture Society, and I was on the Community Garden Association thing. I've, I, when my son was five, I was taking him to Gorilla Food Gardens in, in the lower east side of Manhattan where people were gardening in just rubble. Uh, I work with community gardens. Uh, they're called allotments all over England. I tour them a lot. And from coast to coast, I lecture on this. But when people try it here, they tend to get all balled up in rules. We're going to do it this way or that way. And they get balled up in, you know, per- personal approaches, you know, uh, instead of just growing food, just growing food. We, we've done, uh, I've constructed school gardens, uh, and, and not just me, working with a lot of folks. We've constructed school gardens uh, all over Mississippi. I've lectured in them. I've taught with them. But unfortunately, uh, gardening is not in the school curriculum. It's not in the yeah. curriculum. Teachers, I hate you know, that. well, I, I do too. In in Europe, it's part, you know, it's part of it. It's part of it here. It's not. So, anyway, I've been working with community gardeners, uh, neighborhood gardeners. Uh, yesterday, I sat under a a a, 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 a gourd house with some bamboo stuff with gourds going on with our friend <laughs> Jesse Yancey, who grows food on an abandoned corner. He's a gorilla gardener growing food on an abandoned corner on top of concrete. 
In Jackson. In Jackson, yeah. In Jackson? Yeah. Oh, wow. Where is that? Uh, well, uh, shoot me an email. Okay, shoot me an email. I'd like to take some pictures. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Just, just to be able to say we are doing this because I'm uh, so uh, worried about the people. We have a fellow who's fallen through the cracks who comes to get food yeah. from me when because I, I like to cook. Yeah. And uh, he has two children and has fallen through the cracks. Does not get but so, I'm not trying. Know. I'm not trying to be abrupt, but I'm with you on this. You know, and where there's a will, there's a way, and we know how to do this stuff. It's just a matter of putting the right people together. So shoot me an email and let's take it from there. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, you have a good day. Okay, Rebecca, she's community-minded. She's community-minded, folks. Uh, we've got, uh, and, and if you're interested in in urban foraging, food that you can find along the street, I have a little thing I put together this past week called urban forage, foraging. Um, unusual things, weeds that you can eat tasty weeds you can eat. Uh, if you're interested in growing small-scale food plots, you're interested in getting together with a, a few folks in a neighborhood, putting together a little uh, community allotment or garden, I'd be glad to help with that. Meanwhile, we're going to take a real quick break. We've got some callers on the line, and we're going to come back and talk about not so much horticulture. I can make your eyes bleed with detail about stuff like that, but no, we're going to talk about gardening, just doing stuff, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, well, we'll try again next time. Horticulture's fell to rush you, me and Java and uh, Kevin. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more of your calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Rusky. And by the way, Java, I've got a comment about your face mask there. I mean, you wear the face mask. I wear it when I go in places. Uh-huh. Uh, people in healthcare they have to wear masks all the time, and it chafes them, you know, right around the edge. Uh-huh. And uh, they started doing this thing where they even the women have to shave the size of their cheeks. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, you know about bikini waxes? <laughs> We come up with a cheek wax. We could. <laughs> okay, you weren't expecting that, I guess. I see. I've been I've been thinking about how to how to approach that for quite some time, and it didn't work. Well, <laughs> we have we have some callers. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's slide up to Tupelo. Hey, Michael, thank you for holding, man. I really appreciate it. What's up? Thank you, Felder. Uh, good morning. Howdy. Question about my pear tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a good bloom this year. No frost damage. Lots of fruit set. I went out about a month ago and followed your advice and knocked a bunch of them off, tried to thin them out. Mm-hmm. Went back out there yesterday, and probably 90% of them are not there anymore. Mm. They've they've dropped. Uh, animals have eaten them, and the few that are left are maybe two-thirds ripe. Yeah. It's, it's happened in the past. Um, it's an old 
pear tree, you know, kefir pear, cooking pear. Yeah. Just wondering what's going on and if there's anything to do to um, prevent it in the future. Too late for this year. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things, and, you know, without knowing for sure what it is. For one thing, a lot of fruit trees do drop extra fruit, usually in June or July. It's called June drop. That, I mean, that's the even if it happens in July, uh, if the tree's under stress or they're, they're not quite uh, pollinated well, for whatever reason, a lot of fruit trees drop fruit suddenly in June or July. Again, it's just when I've studied fruit science, it's called June drop. Uh, and a lot of that is weather-related or pollination-related. Uh, if it's squirrels or possums or, or, or something like that, nothing you can do about that. Uh, even, a, you know, it's not practical to put uh, bird netting all the way over a, a big tree. And uh, so, you know, when I was a kid, I, my great-grandmother used to sit under her pear tree and shoot squirrels. You know, and that worked a little bit, but most of her pears that she picked had gnaws, gnaw marks on one side. But anyway, uh, I've got possums eating all of my tomatoes. The ripe ones are the, the ones that are showing color, and even the green ones, they just take bites out of them and leave the rest of it. So um, not much we can do about critters. And June drop, you know, big tree, you're not able to water it. You don't need to fertilize it much. So just some years could be better than others. Okay, well, I mean, that's what I was afraid of. Thanks for the help, yeah, and um, better this, luck next year, I guess. Th- this has been going on for centuries. And uh, one thing that can help, this winter, if you can thin out some of the cluttered, you know, the big limbs or branches so that the tree has less work, a lot of times that'll take stress off a tree. You know, just, okay. just thin out some of, the, some of the cluttered growth and take some of the workload off the roots. Okay, thank you. Good, good luck on it. All righty. Now, so, whew, we're going back and forth. We're going all the way down to the Gulf Coast in Biloxi, Mississippi. Hey, Pamela. Hello, Felder. I'm so excited. It's the first time that I call. Ooh, ooh, thank you for holding. <laughs> well, what's up? I actually have a couple of questions. I'm going to start, I guess, from the beginning, the, the most pushing one. Uh, I'm curious that the last caller was talking about a tree as well. Mm-hmm. I bought a an olive tree about last year, and I planted it last spring. And I just have no idea. First of all, I don't even know if olive trees grow in the Gulf Coast. Yeah, they will. And second, uh, I just don't know what fertilizer should I use. It looks kind of sad. It has about four leaves. When you put it in the ground, how big was it? It was about, what can I say, maybe a foot. Oh gosh, that was a little bitty one. It um, was a tiny one, yes. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, in, in general, there's nothing un- that unusual about olive trees versus other plants, except they don't like a lot of water. They're native to the Mediterranean, and uh, where we see them grown successfully, a lot of times they're in raised beds or they're in great big containers, so they have that extra drainage. They don't like to stay bone dry, which they can in a container, but too much rain is their biggest problem in our climate. See, so, you know, if it's staying a little too wet, it's going to have root problems, plain and simple. You know, they're, 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 they're very uh, drought tolerant. So um, if it's not, if it's stunted, if it hasn't grown that much this year, that tells me it's, ha- it's struggling in the roots. What I would do is 
try to baby it through the rest of this uh, this year, and then this fall, after we've you know had a little, little bit of a cool weather, dig it out, replant it on the high side, like on a little like a pitcher's mound, uh, four, five, six inches higher than the dirt around it, with stuff spread out over maybe three feet. In other words, just raise it up a little bit and mound dirt up to it. And uh, that'll help its roots more than anything. But we had so much rain early in the year uh, that that can overwhelm the roots of, of olive trees. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you. And then a second very quick question. So after listening to your show for a couple months, I decided I wanted to do a little composting site mm-hmm. uh, on the side of my house. Yep. And I was adding some of the uh, leftover fruits and veggies. And I saw, I guess because of the rain, a bunch of ants yeah. in one of my. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that gonna hurt the, is that gonna hurt the, no. The uh, all, all a compost pile is is a is is a leaf pile where stuff that will decompose decomposes in an orderly fashion in one spot. And anything that breaks it down, whether there's worms or mice, or roaches, or ants, or bacteria, or fungus, anything that breaks it down is 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 doing the compo- compost is a breaking down process, and anything can do that. Bacteria, fungi, worms, uh, uh, insects, you know, that kind of thing. If they're fire ants, you know, then the main thing is when you're working around it, just be watch watch your hands. You know, don't get stung, but they're not mm-hmm. that big a deal. It, you know, if you is this in the sun or the shade? It's on the shade. Yeah, uh, probably, probably 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 not fire ants. And fire ants are more likely going to be out in, in the sunnier areas. But you know, you know what they're fire ants because stir it and they come out boiling mad. But uh, but just regular ants and stuff, all that stuff is part of that chain of decomposition. Think forest floor, you know, and that's what this is. You you've got a managed leaf pile is all it is. Gotcha. That's it. Thank you so much. Let me let me give you a real quick tip, Pamela. Put your little sign, make your little sign on a on a stick, and say you know worm crossing or you know. Uh, 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 nature at work or something, put it out there, you know, make it kind of pretty, make it cute, you know, and I, I sound like I'm being cynical, but this will keep your spirits going as that leaf pile just does its thing. Yeah, because by itself, it ain't pretty. It's not. <laughs> Thank you so much, Feller, and uh, have a wonderful weekend. And thanks for joining us, Pamela. Appreciate it. All righty. Now, let's go uh, up to... Um, Rick, is this? Uh, I can't. Where, where, where are you from? South Carolina. South Carolina. Where? Where? What part of South Carolina? Oconee. Oh, uh, I don't know where that is. Way up, up in next to Georgia, North Carolina line. Okay, so you you didn't get that much rain then, did you? Uh, we've got a good little bit here lately. Hmm. I got a friend uh, not very far from there lives out from uh, well, right across from from uh, the Georgia state line. He said he got a quarter of an inch. Yeah. But anyway, what's going on? Uh, I'm uh, messing around with some elderberry right now, and I just want to know if you know how to process them. Uh, I, I, I do and I don't. You know, they're just berries. You know, yeah. any way you cook any kind of berries, you can, you know, you can make them to a syrup. You can cook them down, you know, add, add a little water to get it going real good and cook it down into a syrup, you know, and make tincture. And there's yeah. a lot. And I, I do not get into medicinal use of plants or edible mushrooms for, for legal reasons because, yeah. you know, even though I've studied it, I'm not an authority. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people use them as tinctures, as syrups uh, medicinally, and they just basically cook it. You can make a pie with them. So yeah. just think of them as uh, as a, a lot of little little berries. 
Well, uh, do you have to cook all the elderberries, or can you just uh, use them as a tincture? I, I don't get into that. I don't oh. get into that. You know, because okay. again, because I'm not a medical doctor, and if I yeah. say something and Aunt Mamie hears it and hears it wrong and messes <laughs> up, you know, I, I, I just, 40 years I've been doing radio, I don't yeah. get into that. But I, I do right. have some stuff I can send you. Um, that matter of fact, a, a friend of mine from South Mississippi sent me a whole packet of information on this just last week. Yeah, um, but in, anyway, there's also a lot of stuff online about how to prepare stuff. You know, yeah. a lot of different ways to use it, but how to prepare it, pretty straightforward. It's just yeah. boiling so down I, some berries. I've heard some people say that it's good that for that uh, coronavirus. I, 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 you know, I've, I I've, know, I've I've heard stuff, I've read stuff, but I just don't comment on it. Yeah, that way well, I understand that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they're they're just berries. They're just yeah. berries. Well, what about the green ones? The, some people said the green ones are poison. I don't think they're poison. I don't think they're poison, but they're not going to be tasty. You wouldn't eat a bunch of green grapes. Well, that's for sure. Like you know, crab apples, you don't eat a bunch. Of that, that, that's that's right. Think think <laughs> of them as just a cluster of berries, and yeah, take it okay. from there. All right. Well, yeah, send me that package if you don't mind. Oh no, no, I don't have something to send you. Shoot me an email, and I can answer uh, questions about it. My, the package is. My part of the country don't have that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. You'd be surprised. <laughs> no, it don't. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. But we but... Got, we, I bought several cell phones, and them things don't even work in that part of the country. Up where I, am <laughs> I think I broke down in my old pickup truck out there one time. I had to walk to find a signal. But anyway, yeah. if if you get a chance to shoot me an email, if, uh, you know, go to the library or something, they can help okay. you that, that I can send you some stuff. Well, what's your email? Garden at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Garden at MPB at MPB online online dot O-R-G. Dot R-O-G. Yeah, no, O-R-G. 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 Yeah. Okay. All righty, man. Good luck on it. All and, right. And Thank you, you, a lot. you need to be getting on that stuff because they're going to be, you know, the bird's going to get them soon. Yeah, I've been knocking at them. I've been trying to fight them all, but yeah, there you I, I've go. got a little bit. <laughs> good luck on it, man. Appreciate uh, it. Okay, thank you a lot. You have a good day. All righty. Now, let's go to Corinth and talk to Mike. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, Feather, I have two uh, lower pedlum shrubs that are real tall. Mm-hmm. In November of 2018, I trimmed both of them back from about nine foot tall to about four or five feet tall. Yeah. And now they're 10 feet tall. Uh, when is the earliest I can uh, trim those back to about the same height again? Should I wait to cooler weather? Uh, you you know, here in, in, in the deep south, well, you can prune stuff hard up until about now, about the middle of August, and it still has time for new growth to come. Cause it could take several weeks. You, you know, it's going to take three or four or five weeks, and somebody's going to holler at you meanwhile. But if you cut stuff back pretty hard right now, it has time for the new growth to come out in a month or so and mature before fall. So you can still do it if you get right on. It's just awfully hot out there right now. And uh, yeah. if you if you wait till if if you can't do it right away, I'd wait till after we get us a frost, uh, so the new growth doesn't come out and get frozen. So any time from uh, December up until about the middle of of August or so, I just wouldn't put anything hard in the late summer or fall. Okay, and so we're, we're still we're still in in the window of of hard pruning. So it'd be okay to wait on the first part of December then? Yeah, yeah. It's no problem at all. You know, they, they may not flower next year because, you know, there goes a lot of flowering stuff. But, you know, 
you can it's not going to kill the plant. I just wouldn't do anything in September, October, November. What about the lower limbs of uh, sand cherry and also red bud? What what about them? Uh, would it be okay to prune the lower limbs now yeah. or yeah. anything? Yeah, you can you can take branches, you can take limbs off of trunks and branches off of limbs anytime, as long as you're not leaving a stub. You know, if you're just cutting something off. You know, just to get rid of and don't leave a stub. You could do that anytime. I just wouldn't cut any plants back hard after uh, the next week or two. Uh, unless I wait till December. Yeah, uh, be- because, again, it takes several weeks for new growth to come out. If you wait till September pruning, new growth is going to come out late October. It's going to be too tender to make it through the winter. See, so, so pruning by the middle of August in the Deep South gives it time to come out and mature and toughen up before winter. But we're pushing up against the end of that time. But if you're just cutting stuff off, you can do that anytime you get around to it. Okay, good deal. I appreciate it. All right, appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Okay, we uh, calls or cheesy tune? What you want to do? Um, we do have a lot of calls, but let's take Roger from Florence, and then we got to go to our cheesy tune. Okay, Roger, calling from Florence. What's up, man? Good morning. I'll, I'll have to wait for the cheesy tune, I guess, but that's okay. As to squirrels, yeah. squirrels will climb up a tree trunk or they'll jump from an adjacent tree. They can jump four feet from the ground. They can jump four feet from the ground. So yeah. uh, a friend of mine has an old pear tree, and he solved that problem. He pruned the tree uh, up pretty high, and then he put a... You can buy these rolls of sheet aluminum. Oh, I guess twenty-four inches wide, maybe. Anyway, and then he wraps up and yeah. too slick for them to get their claws in. It's too slick, and yep. it works. And uh, every now and then, a squirrel will will make it oh, 12 feet from an from a nearby tree. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But, but they're not they're not tearing up his his pears. Every year, like they used to do. See, so he weekend. got he got most of the limbs up off the ground, then put some slick. Uh, uh, I forget what it's called. It's, it's, it's aluminum. So you buy it's real thin stuff. You can just na- right. nail it around the trunk. And uh, it's easy to punch a hole in it or put a little metal screw yeah. in it and hold it on there. Yeah. It works like a charm. It's a, it's a, good, right. a good tip, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for what you do, Felder. All righty, folks. We're going to take a real, real quick break. Uh, just a little cheesy tune. And um, we're going to be kicking around some ideas. By the way, the perennial of the week. I'm seeing a plant. It's hard to find it for sale anywhere, but I'm seeing it all over the place right now. It's a a pass-along lily. You know what Easter lilies look like? Big white trumpets. Well, this one blooms in late July and August. It blooms at five, six, seven feet tall. They're called Philippine lilies. Big, tall, skinny stems with these great big white trumpets hanging down. Philippine lily. Real easy to, to, to propagate. Um... Uh, is it really easy to grow? It's an old pass along plant. So if you see this tall Easter lily looking thing right now, and it also comes up from seed, it's called Philippine lily. I think it's the per- southern perennial of the week. We'll be right back here at MPB. A barren waste without the taste of water. Cool water. water. 
Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. A real quick tip. I've been visiting garden centers that are getting low on plants because they're going to be getting geared up for fall real soon. Wholesale growers have got uh, broccoli and cabbages and collards and all those kind of things. Lettuce is coming along, but uh, retail garden centers, if you can still find them, this is sort of the last call for setting out summer stuff for fall harvest. If you can get your hands on some little tomato plants, some little pepper plants, set out right now. They will be sturdy and stocky. They love growing in hot weather, but they're going to start fruiting up in a month or month and a half or so. The most incredible harvests you've ever seen on summer stuff set out in the summer. Last call for setting out tomatoes, peppers, that kind of stuff. Almost time to start sitting out broccoli and cool season things. But anyway, I'm going to set out a few more peppers this weekend. I got me some chicken wire to try to keep the possums off of it this time. But uh, anyway, summer stuff can still be planted if you get right on it. Now, uh, well, let's go up to Sardis. And thank you for holding today. I really appreciate it. Yes, how you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for holding. What's up? Okay, I have at my parents' house. They actually live in Alligator, Mississippi. I know Alligator. Oh. I'm a Delta boy. I, I know your sister. I used to work for her. She's a great girl. So bless your but heart. I, plant, I, I planted a bunch of corn, mm-hmm. and then I planted some squash, and the squash was fruiting, and it looked really, really good. And I left my parents' house on a Thursday, and I came back the following Thursday, and it was dead. Yep, and it had yellow, mushy stuff around the stem. Yeah, it was like the devil came in there and got in it. Yeah, mine too. Sand. Mine too. Mine too. What happened? Uh, well, there's an insect that's called squash vine borer. Doesn't look like much. Looks like a little. It's a, a clear wing moth. It's sort of red and black. It looks kind of like a, a wasp, but it's a little moth that lays eggs on the stem, and uh, the eggs hatch. This caterpillar goes in, and this nasty, wet, yellow sawdust, and the whole plant just collapses. Yeah. Well, somebody had mentioned that, and I looked it up, and the outcome is dismal. They said I had to like plant stuff way before, and I had to. 
yeah. wire and put it through. What's your advice? Uh, well, I just I just planted some more, and, and now I've got some insect netting, and the plants are small. Matter of fact, mine are just starting to bloom. And, and right. thanks for reminding me. I got some uh, some insect netting. I'm gonna throw over them. Okay, I, I replanted. I had to pull all of that out and throw it away and burn whatever. And it's and terrible it's, and because it's big armloads of stuff. It broke my heart. I mean, I literally started crying. And my dad, he was just like, Amy, expect the good with the bad. So <laughs> so the netting thing, so just, you, is, it, is it called insect yep, netting? Yep. Insect, some people call it bird netting. Okay. So you know. put that over my squash. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't, you know, hey, it hurts your feelings, but when it happened to me, it, it hurt my horticultural yeah. pride. I'm supposed to know better. Oh. I, I, I do know better, but it still happened. You know, and that was like, cause my, that was the one thing that my mother was like really adamant about, make sure the squash, you know. And so when it said I had to go out there and wipe each leaf off. No, 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 so I replanted it, and, and squash is starting. I mean, it hasn't gotten, you know, it's like yeah, maybe yeah. three throw, inches throw, tall now. Get it, bird netting and insect netting is little little mess stuff, and just throw it over the plants. Okay, great. Okay, and my second question is, my corn came up great. It was peaches and cream, and it came up great, and it was, you know, it was looking good. And then the deer got in there yep. and chewed my corn off on the stalk, yep. literally. And, so the, the, I, and the, the deer beat the raccoons. Okay, so so... So I should fear both. What would what, what I do? That I don't want to hurt the deer. They're, I don't want to hurt the raccoons. Okay. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I work with horticulturists who work at botanic gardens. I work with people whose livelihood depends on it. If there was a control or prevention for deer, other than a fence, we'd know about it. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't want anybody else to call whether you try this or that. No, 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 no. If there was one, I would know about it. My horticulture, we'd all know about it, but there is no good okay. control other than an electric or a wire fence. That's it. Not, That's it. Right. Well, I took what I did was I just took everything out of my parents' garden. I put an oscillating fan out there, and that kind of that kept them away. And then, then I tied strings. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 No. 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 For a while. Right. For a so, while. Just, <laughs> Fence. Just a fence, then. Okay, Let, well. Anybody tells you different is making it up. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> and, okay. I, and I'm saying this, there may be 70, 100,000 people hearing me say this, and all of them are <laughs> nodding their head up and down. That's okay. right. Anyway, okay. sorry. That's okay. Well, they must have really enjoyed it because they ate like. We're done with this. Okay, well, thank you so much, honey. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Okay, appreciate it. Uh, Job, I don't think you've ever heard me do that before, have you? No, but I know you say a lot of times when somebody's trying to tell you something that really doesn't work, they just kind of, you know. And I'm not saying I don't know. I'm saying I do know. And if there's something I could have done, I would have done it. Anyway, uh, let's go to uh, down to Mobile, Alabama. Hey, John, thank you for holding, man. What's up? Oh, good morning. Howdy. Um, got a question on a Meyer lemon tree that I recently got from my wife. Mm-hmm. And just wondering, should I wait till it cools down somewhat before I put it in the ground? 
No, you know, as long as you don't, as as long as you can dig a wide hole, you know, not a deep hole, but a wide hole, and loosen right. and loosen up some of the potting soil and some of the roots and stir it into your dirt, and then cover the ground with some bark or some kind of mulch. As long as you can give it a good soaking about once every week or so, then it'll actually grow. It'll be established before fall, and it'll be completely fine next year. And you're not gonna have okay. to water it every day or every other day like you're doing now. Right. Okay. Uh, somewhat related question. I've got a Satsuma tree back there also, and my wife is concerned if I put it too close to the Satsuma that they may cross-pollinate when it gets that, around to pollinating. That, that, that only affects the seeds. Okay. You know, it's not going to change uh, the fruit. Satsuma still have Satsumas, but if you plant the seeds from it, it'll be a cross between, you know, Satsuma and Meyer. You know, the pollination yeah, only affects okay. seeds. Okay, or if I made a cutting and put cutting on the other tree, I'd get like two yeah. kinds of fruits on it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the, the cutting is a is a clone. It's a piece of whatever you make a, a cutting off of. So right. yeah, you you can have uh, four or five or more different kinds of of uh, citrus on the same root. Matter of fact, most of this the uh, stuff that you're the 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 citrus trees that we buy are grafted onto a wild uh, citrus anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah. the cross part. Like I, said, I lived in Clearwater. Yeah, one of the guys I knew down there had a citrus tree, and he had six or seven different varieties of yeah. citrus on yeah. it that yeah. bloom everywhere. Yeah. I go. I go ahead. Uh, you know, if you get around, you know, I, I dig the hole one day and then think about whether you feel like planting anything the next day. But wide hole and loosen up the potting soil. And again, it's going to have that small root system right at first. You need to water it. I'm going to say a couple of times a week for 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 two or three weeks, and then once a week, and then you're done with it. Okay. Yeah, it, it's got flowers on it now, uh, which I was a bit surprised. But yeah, and uh, it also helps. And this is something you know. It's always extra advice. Little land yap here. When you're setting out a, a a new tree, thin out the branches because the branches that are on it now are going to be major limbs for the rest of the tree's life, and you don't need more than three or four main limbs. So go ahead and cut some of them off without leaving stubs, and so the energy that will go to what's left. Uh, the, what you cut off will go to what's left. So go ahead and thin it out so you only have three or four major uh, 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 branches right now. Get, get shape it okay. up right now. It'll do fine. Yeah, and plant, plant it far enough away, realizing that in, in four or five years the branches are going to be a lot longer than they are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're 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 small trees, but they're big, big bushes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, Felder. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay, now I'll slide back to Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, James, good morning. Is this James? That's it. What's up? Not much. I was calling two things. First, you had a young lady who was looking for gardens in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a giant community garden that was, was the old YMCA on Manhattan Road, mm-hmm. Fresh Start Christian Church. We've got squash, uh, we've got zucchini, and we've got cucumbers that are coming out now, and we harvest on Monday and Thursday about 5.30 p.m. She can come work, get some, or anyone can. And we've got some tomatoes, but they're green and they aren't getting big. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I'd love to swing. My my kids used to sit in the dust at that YMCA during the summer school. They went to Chastain. So So come right on over and visit any day you want to. Um, 
this time of year, tomatoes and peppers, and, and, and I said something wrong last week, by the way. I, I said that tomatoes and peppers are from the Andes, where it's really, really cool. They don't like hot weather. And, and this guy sent me something and said, you're wrong. And he was right. I, was, I just forgot they're from Central America. Uh, but they still have a hard time in the middle of the summer. When it gets really, really, when it hits, you know, the mid nineties, they just shut down, and a lot of times they can't pump the energy like they use. And if you water them a lot, it rots their roots. So this time of year, we want to just sort of try to keep them alive and maybe root some little cuttings and start you some more for fall. This is sort of the last call. But if you set out tomato and peppers right now, they'll produce unbelievable amount in late September, October, early November. A whole lot better than the ones you sit out in the spring. So anyway, not much you can do except give them a good deep soaking every now and then and hope that the squirrels don't find them because there's trees all around that YMCA. Well, and, and the second thing is our peppers, we've gotten a couple off, but you're right. Most of those look like they're getting ready. An eggplant is apparently getting ready to start because I've seen some of those. Yeah. Boom. So feel free to stop by, bring your kids. In fact, give us any tip you want to. Uh, but thanks so much, and keep doing what you do. Is there somebody around there most of the time? Um, wait, what, what? I, it, my, someone's around there most of the time yeah. during the daytime. And if in you, the evening times, I sent an email with my contact number earlier, that. but I can send again. And Terrell knows me. Just tell the James Henley, that guy from the uh, Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. I appreciate it, man. Okay. Thank thanks. you. Bye. All righty. See, one lady says, we need to do stuff. And this guy says, we're doing stuff. Let's let's see if we can get everybody together here. And that's what we do here at the Gestalt Garden of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Put folks together. Now let's slide up to Memphis, Tennessee. Lynn. Oh no. Caroline in Ocean Springs. Hey Caroline, howdy. Good morning. Thank oh, you. Sure. I I think you might know this, but I don't know that all your listeners might know this, but I recently was introduced to an app for my cell phone. It's amazing. It's the app is S E E K Seek. What does it do? It's by iNaturalist with National Geographic and you take a picture with this app with your cell phone and it identifies any plant or animal. And I'm using um, flowers in my yard, and it tells me what they are when okay. I can't think of the name. I've I've got a couple of those myself, but not this one. What's S E E K? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I'll check that out myself. But I, I use a couple, I use one called Plant Snap, and okay. uh, you know, and I mean, you just take pictures, or people send me pictures. If I'm not sure what, and I can't remember, take a, and it's uh, here's what it is. It's amazing. It's but, amazing. But I'm, I'll check that one out too. S E E K. Just go to the App Store and and take it from there. That's right. I appreciate that, Caroline. I hope you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. If you don't know stuff, it's online. But the, the plant snap, seek. I'll try that one out. And now let's go up to Memphis. Hey, Lynn, how are you, hey, sir? How you doing? I enjoy the show. Appreciate it. I got one big problem. When my mother passed, I took over the house. And I, my niece says, what do you want to do? Have your yard look like a desert? And I cut all the bushes <laughs> down, all the shrubbery Did you tell her to mind her business unless she wants to come over and do stuff? Now, now I want to plant everything back. But the problem <laughs> is the ground is hard. It's tan. It's hard. Yeah. If I was to jab a shovel in it, it's probably bend. Yeah. What can I do to soften the ground up? Oh, uh, wait. 
you know, they're, they're, uh, I have pure clay. It's called Yazoo uh-huh. clay. It's montmorillonite. It swells. It doesn't crack. It's, it's just pure clay, 300 feet deep. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I tried to dig something the other day, and I'm just like, I could stand on it, jump up and down, and the, and the shovel just bends. But a couple of three days after good rain, it's like digging in a chocolate cake. You know, so okay. it's, it's a soil moisture thing. When it's really wet, it's sticky. You can't turn it over. It makes that schmucky sound, and, you know, it just clumps up. But two or three days after good rain, or if you were to let the hose run on it for a while and then wait a couple of days, it crumbles. See, so so what you do is you is when the when the when the dirt is right for digging, you know, when uh-huh. it's when it's uh, easy to crumble, take a go to shovel's depth, turn it upside down, and then throw some bark or any kind of organic matter on top, sort of like crackers and chili, and then sort of chop it in a little bit. That way, it won't harden back together real quick. It's sort of like it it holds it apart. Okay. And I got a yard man. He, I, I try. I told him I don't want it real short, but he's trying to save me money. He says, "Oh, I don't have to cut it as much." If you let me cut it real, real low, he cuts it real super low. Oh, oh okay. You then need the grass it. dies and it even looks yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every lawn care publication in the South, from Texas to Florida to the Carolinas, even in Texas where it gets hot and dry, they all say mow high. When okay. it gets hot in the middle of summertime, if you cut it close, it's incredible, incredibly stressful. Mowing high leaves those leaves send energy down to grow deep roots. Every publication says mow high, and anybody who doesn't do that either doesn't know any better or they're being willfully negligent. And he's and, been. And, and last of all, what's a good uh, grass seed to get? I bought one, a cheap one at Walmart one time, and planted it, and it. Look like big old long weeds, and it yeah. stayed green all winter long. Even when it snowed, it was sticking yeah. to the ground. That, that that would have been uh, some kind of rye or fescue. And those, and those grow up north. That's what they grow up north. They can't grow centipede and Bermuda grass and St. Augustine and Zoysia up north. They grow what they call cool season grass, a European style, style thing, bluegrass, ryegrass, fescue, bent grass, those things. Right. They grow from September to about April or May, and then they burn out in Memphis. Okay. okay, the ones that we grow, the Bermuda grass, St. Augustine, Augustine kind of iffy in Memphis if we have a normal winter. But Bermuda grass and zoysia grass, you can get seed for common Bermuda real, real easy. And uh, it's tough, it's durable. It's what they use on high school football fields and stuff. Okay. As long as you got plenty of sunshine, Bermuda grass is one of your best bets up in Memphis. Okay. It's get, I appreciate it. It's getting a little late. Around the 1st of September sort of the last call for putting seed out so it has time to, to, to grow before winter. But So if you can suffer through this, the rest of this year, put you some Bermuda grass seed out next April and, and, and tell your guy to either raise his mower or he ain't getting paid. Right. That's the bottom line. Because, see, you know better now, so you can't say you, it ain't ignorance now. It's willful if he keeps doing it. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, appreciate that. Thank you. I got a little feisty there, didn't I, Java? A little feisty there. Well, it is one thing where, you know, I can say it's easy to just get a lawnmower and some hedge clippers and, And you know, and, 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 and go at it. But it's another thing to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, from the grass's point of view. The grass's point of view. Forget what people like. From the grass's point of view, it wants to be mowed high, especially in the summer. And like I say, even Texas A&M University, knowing how hot and dry, they all say raise it 
and leave it raised this time of year. Anyway, it's kind of a rock and rolling time today. Uh, we're going to be back every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturdays. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, my awesome producer. Kevin Farrell was the phone greeter today. He's another producer here at MPB. And we like bringing this party to y'all. It's a nonprofit. We don't try to sell anything. I don't mind saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I can do that because I'm also a gardener. And uh, if there's some things I can help you with during the week, I think we got the email thing worked out. Shoot us an email, garnet at mpbonline.org. Meanwhile, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market and let them meet somebody who grows their food. And if nothing else, take them out in the yard, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week. Thank you.